Welcome to the Disrupting Obesity Podcast. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. Howdy and happy new year. In spite of everything I'm about to say, I really like the new year and I get as excited about it as everybody else. But it is a quagmire when you're trying to lose weight and change your relationship with food. It's riddled with pitfalls. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I have some pretty strong feelings about this time of year. But I'm not here to beat anybody up. Plus, this might be your first dance at my party. And if so, welcome. I'm really glad that you're here. So if you're in a position where today is day one and you're off to a super fantastic fresh start, I'm here for that all day. But there's some stuff I need you to be aware of so that you don't end up tripping down pitfall path. It's okay to be excited today, especially if you've been building it up in your mind. And I want you to stay excited, which is why we're going to have this little chat. The only real difference right now is a date on the calendar and your mindset. If you're in a bright and bubbly new year, new you mindset, that might be a pretty big difference from where you're usually at. And good for you. Let's keep it going. All right. So what's my issue with new year, new you? I've got a few, but none of them are insurmountable. If we're going to set you up for the most success possible this year, then we're going to have to drag the seedy underbelly out and give it a shake and a look so that it doesn't jump out and scare the shit out of us later. Excitement and fear can dance a tight line, and I want to get the scary part out of the way so that you're just left with the excitement. The underbelly of New Year, New You, is all that pressure. All those little voices in your head telling you that everybody's wondering or assuming that you're going to try and do something. I mean, that's what fat people do, right? We make resolutions and then we don't follow through. It's all the pressure you're putting on yourself because that's what you do, right? You make the resolutions and then you don't follow through. Do you know how many people give up on their New Year's resolutions? It's 92%. That's a lot. 80% pack it in by February. The worst part, way worse than the numbers, is the way we've all become conditioned to believing that New Year's resolutions don't work. We all know it. Some of us subconsciously count on it because it's such a handy excuse to have in February. New Year's resolutions are a promise you consciously make that subconsciously you have zero intention of keeping. And since everybody else gives up too, it's a cultural get-out-of-jail-free card. Which isn't me handing you another get-out-of-jail-free card, it's the opposite. You're aware of it now, so you can't subconsciously do shit. Let's get this year off on the right foot. So we won't worry about resolutions, we're not going to make promises, we know we're not going to keep. It's too much pressure, and lying to yourself never really ends well. Let's look at small incremental changes instead. Let's look at consistency and making things easier on yourself instead of harder. Because seriously, fuck the pressure. Don't do this to yourself. Instead of committing to something that you and I both know you're not going to be able to sustain, and I'm looking at you, anybody who's cutting out sugar or a food group or anything that wasn't picked by hand, how about if we agree that you'll figure out how to have incrementally less sugar over the course of the next month or a few? until you can work it down. Ideally, you want sugar to make up like 10% of your daily caloric intake. So if you've got 2,400 calories a day, that gives you a 240 calorie target when it comes to sugar. 
240 calories worth of sugar is 62 grams. One can of cola has about 38 grams. Maybe take a look at how much sugar you're actually taking in now before you try and cut it out altogether, which is a bad idea, by the way. I'm sorry, but it just is. Here's the thing. We're used to way more than the usual 10% that the experts think is a good idea. Way more. And I don't just mean those of us who are dealing with obesity. I mean damn near everybody. So if you've set out to eliminate sugar, it's likely going to be a pretty discouraging and pretty short trip down Unsustainability Avenue. And you don't need to be discouraged, especially as a new year is getting started. This is when you want to feel the most encouraged. Not like clawing your own eyes out because you're used to several hundred grams of sugar on a slow day and you've just cut yourself back to none. That's a lot of pressure. And this is the wrong time of the year for pressure. Instead of committing to cutting out a food group, let's commit to adding some food. Keep what you've got. Eat whatever you want, just less of it, right? So keep what you've got. But what about deciding that you're going to add something? Not a lot. Nothing major. I'm definitely not suggesting you jump on the kale and quinoa bandwagon if you're used to riding on the pizza and burgers bus. No, not what I mean. I'm thinking more just branch out a bit. And I hate making specific suggestions with stuff like this because unless I land on something that's in your wheelhouse, you're going to throw the whole thing out the window. Like I could say, why not add some chopped up bananas to your ice cream at night or some cherries? And you could be like, I hate bananas and cherries. Okay, but how do you feel about strawberries and grapes? Play with it. Get loose. What's the worst that can happen? You learn you don't like something? How is that a bad thing? That seems like a damn good thing to me. Just push yourself a little. Not a lot. We're not going to go from the only vegetable you've ever tried came out of a fryer and it's a potato to steamed spinach that's only ever touched water. But maybe another fried vegetable would be a good place to start. And if you're listening right now and you're getting ready to send me an angry email wrong podcast. I'm sorry, but I'm not here for you. And if you want to talk to the complaint department, the office is somewhere to the left down that long empty hallway. I don't have time to deal with your judgment or your condescension. I just don't. I almost died and I'm up to a three-peat on that. So I really don't have patience for this. While I'm getting myself into trouble with the emailers, I'll address my last point from back there about only eating hand-picked food, which is me pushing back against the whole food-only people. And don't get me wrong, I love whole foods, but I'm going to need the gurus to get down off their thrones of privilege and recognize that not everybody can afford whole foods, let alone organic whole foods. Telling people that they can only get healthy with a diet they can't afford is mean. Shaming them for it is gross. And even worse, it's a lie. You can lose weight eating anything you want. Here's a quote for your email, Gwendolyn, even bacon and bubblegum. So long as you're in a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight even if you eat nothing but bacon and bubblegum. Now, here's the part they're going to leave out of the emails because they've already turned this off so they can go write them. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. I could cut off my foot with a chainsaw. That doesn't make it a good idea. You don't have to buy expensive fruits and vegetables or hand-fed cuts of meat. The calories don't know the difference. They just don't. So please don't stress out or worry that you're not going to be able to get your weight off because you can't afford or don't want to spend your money on really expensive food that's completely unnecessary. Please don't. The stress isn't going to make you want to do anything other than eat, and beating yourself up never helps with anything. 
turn off and refuse to feed into the lunacy and arrogance of anyone who dares to shame you for this shit. You're doing the best you can, and that's enough. You just need to keep going. So I really don't have time for anybody who makes other people feel bad about the food they eat for any reason, chemical or cost. I don't have time. There are real people with real problems that I can help, if only in a small way, and I just don't have time. It's like the brownies. Holy shit, the brownies. So you may not know that I went viral recently on Instagram with a brownie recipe, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been very exciting and totally crazy and very eye-opening too. First off, the trolling hasn't been nearly as bad as I expected it to be, and I'm very grateful. Second, the other commenters are great at keeping each other in check. I've been asked the same question at least 400 times. I'm not even joking, just on that one post. There are over 1,400 comments there, and you can scroll through them and you'll see what I mean. And not only have I answered them all, I also gave the answer that they're looking for in the voiceover on the video. I wrote it on the screen and I wrote it in the caption. Still not joking. And that kind of amazes me a little bit. But the sweetener people. Oh my God, the sweetener people. I don't like to think of them as the chemical people because my dad was a chemist. So, but oh my God. Did you know I'm poisoning myself? It sounds like I should be really worried over here. But the sweetener people are always going to come out of the woodwork on any recipe video that I do that involves any sweetener, any sweetener at all. And I know a lot more about this issue than I let on because I just don't want to get into it with people. Also, I think it's possible to know things like the way all natural stevia can only be extracted from that leaf using some very hardcore chemicals. And I'm still okay with people using it occasionally to deal with obesity. I think those two things can coexist. Those chemicals are going to kill you. Maybe. Obesity was going to kill me for sure. For sure, for sure. And that's my response. A watered down and way less aggressive version of that. But my answer is always something along the lines of, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'd just rather use artificial sweeteners and chemicals occasionally than be 200 pounds overweight. So far, nobody has had a reply. Not once. So that seems to be working. And I'm telling you, I need to write a letter to the Cool Whip people because I'm spending way more time than I should have to defending their product to the chemical people. I haven't found the no sugar kind here in Canada, so I'm getting a different kind of pushback to using it in my recipes than I am with the sweetener people. But it's just so tiring to have to keep explaining that nobody is suggesting people eat Cool Whip around the clock so that they can get a grip on their obesity. I'm suggesting people use it occasionally to cut calories so they can eat something sweet without blowing the whole day's calories out of the water. No, Gwendolyn, I'm not better off using heavy cream and more than doubling the calories. I'm better off getting the emotional satisfaction of eating all of the yummy Cool Whip dessert and not binging on something else later, but thanks for coming out. There's nothing wrong with Cool Whip. Plus, it's delicious. So, dear whoever makes it, you're very welcome. But the chemical people aren't really a problem. And I've known the sweetener people were coming because I used to be one of them. I've never in my life attacked someone for their beliefs on it, but I used to believe a lot of the stuff that they believe, and some of it I still do, so they don't bug me. It's whatever. The commenters I haven't enjoyed are the ones I've started thinking of as the whole pan people. The ones who just can't understand why someone would even want to eat the whole pan, and I don't engage with them at all. I'm not talking to them. And I don't mean that like I'm for and throwing a tantrum. I mean it like they're not the reason why I'm talking. 
They're literally not the people to whom I am speaking. I'm happy for them that they can't imagine ever eating a whole tray of brownies or the entire bowl of my pineapple cheesecake fluff. That's great. I can. And I know a lot of other people can too. I got so pissed off about this that I've started giving calorie counts only for the whole thing. No more serving sizes, just all of it. The whole crock pot is 1,286 calories. The entire bowl is 605 because screw them and screw their judgment. Portion control is relative. It's not one size fits all. And I am so sick of everybody acting like it is. The portions you're used to when you weigh 300 pounds are totally different than for someone who's never weighed more than half of that amount. If you're used to a couple of combos at McDonald's with a side of cheeseburgers and nuggets like I used to be, shifting to one fewer cheeseburger and not upsizing the fries is a huge change. But I get that it's unimaginable to someone who's only ever had one combo. And it's horrifying to the people who won't let their kids eat there at all. And fine, whatever. But I don't need your snide comments on my recipe posts, Gwendolyn. But some of you know what I'm talking about. You're speaking my language and I'm speaking yours. Some of us only feel satisfied when we've eaten all of it. We can hear the food calling our name and there just doesn't seem to be any way that we can resist it. So for me, the win with the brownies was that I got a thousand calories out of the whole pan and not everybody could see the win there, but I'm not talking to them. And it's no big secret, by the way. All you have to do is take the oil out. So how many calories you cut is gonna depend on how much oil your recipe calls for. I used a box mix and it called for a half a cup of vegetable oil. That's 992 calories. Yes, it is. Google it. I fought this battle in the comments too. A cup of vegetable oil is 1,984 calories. For real. Butter's just a little better. It comes in just over 1,600. So yeah, just swap in 0% Greek yogurt or unsweetened applesauce or pumpkin puree and add those calories back in. 70 for the yogurt, 70 for the pumpkin, or 50 for the applesauce. That's it. And if you're somebody who likes to eat the whole pan, why not find a way to save yourself a shitload of calories? But you're probably not doing that this year. No more whole pans. You're still going to have the brownies, but instead of a whole pan of the regular ones, you can make the oil-free thousand calorie fewer ones and eat most of the pan. Almost all of it. Small incremental changes. This is your year. And I got to tell you, it's my year too. We can do this. I can keep working to change the conversation about extreme weight loss, and you can keep working to change your relationship with food. This is your year. You don't need resolutions. You need resolve. This is it. You've made up your mind. And if you haven't, just keep telling yourself that you have. This is your year. Keep trying. Keep tracking. Don't be intimidated. Don't give up. You totally got this. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity with Charlotte Skeynes. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready so you can start disrupting obesity. 